It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is a more than just podcast production. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell. I am currently in Woodstock, New Brunswick, and I'm talking to Ryan McLeod in Amsterdam. That like oh. Netherlands or Yeah, yeah. Netherlands. Netherlands, Holland, Lowlands. So my first question is, is how did you end up in, in Amsterdam? Yeah, it's a good one. A lot of people ask. Um, I don't have a great answer, but just like a while ago when I was working on Black Box, uh, I kind of wanted to try taking advantage of being able to work remote when I could. And that was like a thing. And I had been here a long time ago for a few days and was kind of interested. So I thought I would come try it for like a little bit and ended up never leaving. So it's been three years now. Wow. You've been three years. Wow. Yeah. I've just been slowly falling in love with it. So I'm still back yeah, home thought, to the States as often as I can, but I thought you were in, uh, I, I don't know why I had, were you not in, in the Valley area or San Francisco? I was never really in the Bay. Um, I was in San Luis Obispo, California. So like three hours South of the Bay, hour North of Santa Barbara, near Big Sur. So I went to Cal Poly, uh, university there and kind of stuck around oh, okay. for a long cool. time. Really lovely mm-hmm. place. So is that where that part of the world is where you're from? Uh, originally San Diego, but yeah, then like nine years, I guess, in slow San Luis Obispo, um, and now three years in Amsterdam. So, so yeah. what did you what did you study in in Cal Poly? Uh, computer science. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah, kind of a bit of an accident, I think. It's it's sort of a funny school, like it's a polytechnic school and you apply with a major and then like you just start taking classes in that. There's not a lot of like, let me explore for a few years, which has its pluses and minuses. Um, but apparently I had applied computer science when I applied and then I ended up deciding to go there. So did that, tried to do design on the side, but they didn't really want me to do it as a major. So I had to figure it out myself. So you took it as electives kind of thing? 
design courses and not yeah i was like trying to minor like dual major for a while um but yeah they didn't want me to do that and then a lot of the classes were like dreamweaver and like flexographic printing stickers and like cool stuff but not like ui ux type hot web 2.0 whatever it was at that time yeah. right what, what sort of what your time frame was that uh, that was 2019 to 2014. I stuck around for an extra year and got a uh, master's. So right, right. Nice little bonus. Okay. So I mean, because the the myth that I or the mythos that I've heard about black box is that you were you were more of a designer. You felt more of a designer than a developer. Is that the case? Yeah, I don't know. I've always felt I don't quite identify with any of the roles completely. Uh, definitely don't feel like a game developer. Although now I like accept that. Um, I think I felt like a developer, maybe less of a designer, if anything. I was doing web development for a long time, but was always just like really interested in interface design and like novel interfaces and stuff. And I think that's what drove me to want to work uh, on iOS and like learn that so I could make my own interfaces and whatever. It's like not quite the same when you're doing stuff on the web, like you could do fun stuff, but it wasn't like inventing the pull to refresh or gestural interactions and stuff like that so i think the designer thing there was a big uh imposter syndrome for a while because it's like i'm not trained in that or anything i just think i have a good eye for it um but like i couldn't use figma or work on a team i feel very feral <laughs> like it works but but I, th- I think there's a lot of a lot of people feel self-taught on uh, on who do uh, iOS development. Like I, I for instance, come yeah. from an artistic background and and fell into dev- development through my need to want to make my computer bend to my will, you know. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the iPhone was just you know I think it was just too cool when when it came out, and then it was too cool when we could develop for it. I you know I remember the debates about that. The thing that's interesting to us or to me in particular is that Blackbox was kind of your first app, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was an interesting concept. I mean, I I, I stumbled across it early in, in a, I can't remember how, maybe a tweet or something like that. But I saw it, um, grabbed it, started playing around with it. And it was sort of like, I think initially, I can't remember how many puzzles you had. You didn't have very many, but it was like 40 something. Yeah, trying to do weird things with your phone, like, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. hold it level, hold it, you know, per- perpendicular, hold it yeah. upside down, like some of the puzzles. to, yeah. And the concept of, of sort of like, I guess, getting, closing those, you sort of have a target on the screen. The lights, yeah. Yeah, they had to kind of close them in certain ways by physically yeah. using the device, right? Which is really yeah. a novel concept, right? Yeah, there's been a few apps and things that have poked at that, but I wanted to like create an entire kind of little ecosystem or game around it, I guess. Um, it just, the platform always felt so cool. Like really early on, I think one of the coolest things were seeing what people could do. It was almost like Apple was like, here's a little like development platform with sensors, like make stuff. And people did really cool stuff early on. There was like stud finders that used disruptions for the magnetometer thing. There was like a little tractor app I had where you put the phone on the table and it would vibrate and the tractor would like move across the side it was pushing or whatever. There was like the pocket warmer apps. There was like the fan to blow out candles, like all that stuff really stuck and captivated me. And then there was like the Inception app that would unlock different sounds if it was like raining or if you were in a different country and stuff. And then Clear had like secret themes that unlocked at different times. And I just like all that Easter egg stuff. Uh, super fun. So 
folded it into a bit more. Just the, the idea also, I think, it was driven by uh, sort of a like race to the bottom in games at the time, it felt like. Like there was a big push for like the one tap stuff or like the barely tap the screen, endless <laughs> runner and stuff like that, which were fun. Mm-hmm. But like, um, it just was like getting where you divorced from how cool the device was. And all these things were like, lowest common denominator that they were just like a touch game that you could put on any glass surface with like a touch screen. Right. Um, and you just like had all this cool stuff that could like understand your world and make it a part of the game. And no one was, not many people were using that really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, I think it's sort of, um, cause I, I, maybe I do remember talking about this, but, uh, you know, sort of finding things that you could do with the phone that wasn't necessarily documented. I mean, like that was sort of the case for a lot of us yeah. in those early days. Um, you know, the documentation was there, but there was really wasn't ways to access the stuff, right? I think you had to be pretty yeah. inventive, right? Yeah, it, de- it depends. I've like kind of avoided, you know, I don't use private APIs or like have avoided things that feel brittle or that Apple could get rid of. But there's been weird stuff, like the weirdest, most annoying one was probably detecting the silence switch for, right. there was like no real way to do that, but you could like play a silent sound and like get the time, how long the completion handler took or something like oh, really? okay. run that every like 30 seconds or half, half a second. Um, it's been weird, weird stuff to just make it look like it's meant to function correctly. But well, and, and I think that I, I remember tra- changing from one device to another um changes in hardware must have sort of made challenges for you keeping like how do you yeah. have a touch id vo- phone versus a face id phone versus an ipad yeah. that doesn't have definitely accelerator yeah. and gyroscopes yeah it slowed me down a lot there's only been like one hardware change that really sucked and that was like the iphone 6s changed the audio uh yeah. chip uh, for the microphone and like the audio libraries were not as great at that time and it sort of screwed up like if you're trying to do fast four year stuff, it was like the buffer sizes changed and figuring that out. But stuff like that hasn't happened in a long time. Now it's just like, yeah, we switched from touch ID to face ID and like make that work or the, the shape of the share sheet changed to update that. So every iOS now there's kind of a lot of things I have to do just to make it appear like nothing's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, removal of the headphone jack, you know, right. fun stuff. Yeah. Like I, I do. And, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but there, there were a couple of times when I was playing Black Box and I think I had changed phones and there was some oddity yeah. about the way something behaved. I just remember, you know, I, I to be honest with you, I haven't played with it in a while. I've gone back in a few. It's I, fine. Yeah. I mean, Nothing. you know, Mark and I, you know, at one point Mark and I were uh, going neck and neck with how many, how many yeah, you yeah. closed and yeah, yeah. Know, grabbing, all the, grabbing all the add-ons and stuff like that. Because I, I actually have Love a photo that. of him and... Uh, well, we few times we've actually met face to face. Yeah, she, you know, comparing our, you know, holding up our phones, comparing our black box accomplishments, right? I think and, I remember I, a tweet or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, um, well, you, I think you got a tweet from me because uh, I, I was able to do one of the altitude ones where, and I'm giving spoilers for people who haven't played yeah. black box, but you know, I there think are I remember some pretty it. cool challenges. Yeah. And I, and I had to go to, I, we ended up driving to this place called Eagle's nest in near where our cottage used to be North of Peterborough. And there was like this, I said to my wife, what's that up there? She says, Oh, that's the Eagle's nest lookout. And I said, well, how high up is that? Guess uh-huh. what I'm going to do. Right. So we drove nice. up and I remember it was like super steep and trying to get my, you know, my regular, yeah. you know, 
Christ's car up this hill yeah. and then uh, standing on top of the hill in, in northern Ontario yeah. taking a picture for for the for the Twitter, right? <laughs> I love it. I think it was like Shield Rock or something I almost but there was like yeah, Canadian some... Shield, Canadian Shield. Yeah, it's part of the Canadian yeah. Shield, which is like uh, um, yeah. part of something was left over from when a glacier eroded away. Cool. Yeah, yeah that photos in my mind, kind of. Yeah, I mean that's that was the idea of making that challenge was to give people that extra push to do that. There were so many crazy stories like back in the day when it was really popping off, just people describing how they just drove out in the middle of the night in the rain yeah. to like drive up some <laughs> mountain and their partner was like, what are you doing? Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's all about yeah. black box. She here, hold yeah. the phone. Look at it. Tell me if I meet the goal yet. <laughs> I got to get, I got to get more crazy stuff out. It's gotten kind of tamer recently, but yeah. Well, I remember I, I was excited. I got to go to uh, California for something. I think it was for work yeah. or whatever, which gave me the distance from home goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, spoiler alerts yeah yeah you could do like you could do like 200 i think it was like 200 miles i'm going to say because i think it's in miles not kilometers but it's in kilometers is it okay yeah, yeah. and then i had to i think the, the the last light was like you had to be like way i'm not going to say how far away but you had to be far away from very there. far yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a bit of a, that's a bit of a teaser there yeah um, yeah so speaking of far from home, we were talking earlier about like uh, how you ended up in Amsterdam. I do know, I do know that like in the early days of iOS, like uh, I want to say 2010, 2011, I met Mike Lee at 360 iDev and he's, I believe hmm. he lives in Amsterdam because they were calling it really? Amsterdam. Have you ever heard oh, of Amsterdam? I remember I stumbled across an old website early on when I moved here and was kind of looking for people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a like really good little iOS community. Like it's just really impressive the government apps here from like the post office to the train service to the government inbox type app and stuff. They're all like support dark mode and are <laughs> really well oh, made and like just, I don't know, impressive to see. Yeah, because I guess the brain trust went out out there, right? So and, and you said you're you said you said earlier you just uh it was just something you'd been there before. You wanted to go back and check it out. And now you're, you're stuck there, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Against my will. <laughs> Not well, right. I mean, so, so did you, did you, you went out, you were there obviously before the pandemic hit and all that stuff, but I mean, yeah, it was a pretty good place to be. I mean, don't need to get into all the details of it, but uh, we had like a pretty largely normal summer and got to run and do stuff. It wasn't a lot of places like France and Spain were pretty, uh, lockdown, but things were fairly, fairly normal here. So yeah. it sucks not being able to go home for about a year and a half, but I finally made it back, um, went home and finally got to see everyone. So, well, this is my uh, first trip to, to see family here in oh, well, uh, New Brunswick. Yeah. I have cousins in Fredericton just down the road and obviously people here on the farm as well. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. We've not had this first, first plane ride I've been on in, in two years. Right. So kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. Um, yeah. So, and so how, like uh, from a business point of view, like I, I'm curious, like did black box kind of take off or was it like, how did it, how did it affect you? Like as a developer? Yeah, it's, I think I'm like, I've been really lucky, um, with how much Apple's liked it and just kind of how the ecosystem has been. I think I don't, Having not worked on any other apps, I don't quite know what it's like. I hear things from other developer friends and stuff, but I think games in some ways are easier and harder. Like I think people are more willing 
ready to spend on games. I think Apple likes promoting games. There's also a lot of competition uh, and people kind of come in and out. Um, so I think that helped for the most part. It's uh, when I first launched it, I wasn't sure. I thought my measure of success like had to change a lot. I just was hoping maybe to get a few thousand people to download it, but I'd kind of done some of the basic math in my head, understanding conversion rates and stuff like that. Um, to think like maybe it was possible to do it semi full time, but luckily I hadn't really taken on like a full time salaried job before, so I didn't know how much money I could be making. <laughs> so I was pretty stoked to be making anything more than I was like freelancing as a web developer. So it's been up and down, but fairly stable, which has just always surprised me. I'm just always waiting for you know the number of people that haven't heard of black box and would be interested in it to like run out at some point but the game continues to get you know at least a thousand new people finding it every day wow, and that's pretty cool with enough with like good sort of game design and stuff that works out and i can do it full time it's like not without stress and i can't like grow a team to handle some of the things that i would like to not be doing <laughs> right but it's uh still kind of possible i guess Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's the goal is to kind of grow as an entrepreneur. You want to kind of grow beyond being a, a you know a lone wolf to someone who has a team, and then you eventually become a small company. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that's the that's the narrative, and there was people kind of encouraging me to go that route. Uh, people that wanted to work together, people that wanted to invest and stuff like that, and I just really I think was scared of that for a long time. Um, having anyone be dependent on me. And always thought I might just kind of want to like drop this and do something else. And I think I'm I'm glad that I I kept it that way. Sometimes I have kind of regrets on that. I see other app developer friends that are growing little teams and uh, really able to like see their dreams sort of manifest a lot quicker. But um, I don't know. I'm very thankful. It's like afforded me a nice lifestyle and to have like the freedom that that comes with. So. Well, I think you mentioned you, you you listened to the last episode with James Thompson. He sort of, yeah. in the same way, had this one app yeah. that he's been. Living I, I don't on understand. For... <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood it. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's got two. I mean, a Drag Thing was a pretty popular uh, utility. A lot of us had it on our computers. I think, like when yeah. I mentioned Drag Thing to anybody who had a Mac back in the day, they're like, "Oh yeah, I totally had that one." And yeah, you know, not so much PCalc. I mean, PCalc is is kind of yeah. a unique. I, it was to me, it was all sort of all. I mean, I got involved with it because I saw a tweet about it, and it was pretty funny. Right. And and I just thought it was ridiculous that you know you could put you know. Uh, yeah. pcalc on everything that apple made you know yeah so yeah. pcalc for the home pod pcalc for air tag you know like <laughs> not quite that far but you know yeah, i think yeah, if he yeah. if he could and and i'm amazed again too like i have a lot of apps that i wrote back in the day and they're still on the app store they're still being downloaded and they're they're still like they've got objective see in fact one of my apps that's still being sold uses ma manual memory management no, I, I never. I never made the jump to Arc with it, and it and it's still <laughs> functioning know. and working and updatable and so on and so forth. Right? But, wow. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what? So when did uh, Black Box start? When did you start working on it? I started working on it technically like the I opened the project. I think the end of 2014, um, oh, wow. but really worked on it in 2015. 
mm-hmm. and then launched it early 2016. So, so is it Swift or Objective C or initially? It, it, it was Objective C because I thought this newfangled thing is not going to be a thing for a while. And right. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would, have been a rough, it would have been a rough ride for the first two years. Yeah. It would have been a rough ride, I think, with yeah. all the libraries and stuff. But yeah. uh, a few, three years ago, I started transitioning everything new to Swift right. and was yeah. so stoked at how well Apple planned that out for the cross support. So mm-hmm. I think I'm like really close to a halfway point of almost half the code being Swift, but like 80 or 90% of what I interact with daily is in Swift. It's just mostly like old views and stuff. Right. So that makes my life a lot, lot better. Yeah. But I, I can't so, wait to start a new project and have it just be 100%. <laughs> Swift UI. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Swift UI is pretty cool. It, it, it is pretty, like, I, yeah, I think if you're, I think you're probably, I haven't uh, played with it yet. More concerned with, with, you know, collection views and, and, uh, custom you know, stuff is my concern. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, what's nice about SwiftUI is you can blend in other things too, right? So yeah. I've done the same thing. I, like I've got Objective-C apps. And I guess the, my question is, w- are you considering refactoring some of that older Objective-C stuff or would you just leave it as it is? Yeah. I, I There's a part of me that really likes to procrastinate on real work by yeah. converting classes to Swift because I think I can listen to like loud music and I feel like I'm working fast and accomplishing a lot, but I'm like doing pretty mindless stuff. Um, and then I usually break something and I have to convert another class to Swift and then I destroy something and I have to make some weird enum interop thing. So I've sort of taught myself to not, if it's not broke, don't fix it to right. some degree, <laughs> unless it's easy. But I say that all the time and then four hours pass. So I, I don't think it's really possible for me to, because Blackbox has like, I don't know, 50 custom level views and it's really not necessary to write change all those over but like all the core components of the game i would eventually like to get ported over and that that is sort of happening it's just hard with some of the stuff where you can't inherit can't subclass a a swift object as an objective c object right right yeah yeah so to a certain so a lot of those views i can't yeah i basically i realized yesterday that i could just extend the objective C empty class and get pretty close. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that more, but are you, are you talking about extending it as a category or extending in the, on the Swiss side? Uh, I could make like the objective C class and then extend it with a Swift okay. file right. that has all the functions. And then I would still be able to subclass it with the old objective C subclasses that I'm not able to convert. And then you'd be able to read back from what you've done in Swift or, or, or the Swift stuff is sort of an island on its own, like the extension, I mean. Uh, the, the, yeah, it's just an island for like the superclass to, because I'm usually not interacting with the subclasses, like the individual level, if it's not broken, is fine. It's like the, the core game level class that needs to, I need to muck around in. But yeah, I have, I have a good friend that always is telling me not to uh, mess with this stuff. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> yeah, would like I, me to move on from black box to begin with. So, but it's, it's yeah, a fun I mean, distraction. I, yeah. I, I find that, um, with, um, you know, with my apps, I, I, there's a lot of really clunky objective C stuff in there, but, um, yeah, I, I, I look at it every now and then and I kind of go, oh, I've got other things to do <laughs> yeah. rather than try and, and it's, it's the case with a lot of things, unless we refactoring something major, 
um, it's not, you know, it's not often not worth the effort to go through just for the sake of going through it. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the sort of, you know, discussion point you hear a lot of people like early in the Swift days, you know, abandoned their, or didn't quite abandon their entire Objective-C code, right. rewrote the whole app. For, that's the story. We re, rewrote the whole app in Swift. And yeah. um, while that's possible for a new app, right, it's, it's probably a little challenging for, uh, I mean, there were some talks back yeah. in the early days if you're doing that, right? It's 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 difficult when you're trying to juggle the in between and you have weird architecture and you need to use the enums in both or whatever. But um, yeah, it's getting there. I think I took I take sort of like a Boy Scout approach now of like when I need to use it or update it. Uh, I'll often be like, okay, now is the time to like rewrite it because it'll probably save me time in the end. Sometimes I uh, blow things up though. So. <laughs> All those issues well, and, and importing and headers and forward declarations. Blah. Yeah, and since you're a team of one, you're the only one that knows about that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like all up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some good comments <laughs> from yourself. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of comments I have, talking to myself. Yeah, yeah, it's like this like, because of this. Like, yes, it's yeah, don't break four this, years. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. yeah, like wonder what would happen. Some of my favorite comments is I can't believe this works and. Uh, <laughs> And a lot, lot of Xcode question mark, question mark, question mark, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> like when you, there was, remember the days when you'd go, you'd, you'd just touch a storyboard and all of a sudden it would it would update? Like, Yeah, I don't do that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I used None to avoid touching stuff, right? Or, or you know, oh, like I see. From somewhere else, go and, and uh, figure what you call it, you know, remove the, or ignore, yeah. the, ignore the changes or yeah. that kind of thing. But, Mine's uh, mostly notes to future self of just like, this is like this because... Yeah, the microphone on the iPhone seven, blah, blah blah. Like, don't don't try to over engineer this. Don't try to so correct you, this. Just out of curiosity, do you do a, do you do any sort of analytics to sort of see what your customer base looks like, like what devices they're using, and yeah, I do all the normal basic analytics. Um, I've like I always I was really interested in like the data science stuff back before it became kind of I don't know a dirtier word or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would collect all this different, you know, metrics on the levels and stuff like that, but I never actually had the time to like go in and do that. And then I realized like, oh, wow, this is why it's like a full-time data scientist position job. Like, I'm sure it would be really helpful, but for me, it's just like basic health metrics of like, why did this, no, like nobody's solving this challenge anymore. Like probably broken or like this challenge gets solved a lot less on the on iOS 15 or whatever it is. Um, but I'm not, I'm not doing nearly as much of that as I would like to. I, I do some basic like AB tests these days, which I think is just like really helpful and necessary uh, to kind of make things work as an indie without a lot of guessing in the dark. But yeah. So do you find you have to do a lot of marketing to promote the app or, I mean, about your pin, by the way, thank you. For Thanks. That. <laughs> <laughs> it arrived well. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Nice cool. little packaging, yeah, the- I got to say. Thanks. You figured out the little uh, little extra bit. Oh, I haven't figured out the extra bit. Now I have to go back and look. No, I, I hope just, you I still just... the packaging. I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The merch has been fun. Um, what was your question? Uh, uh, marketing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah marketing. I haven't done a ton of marketing. I think like early on, I was trying to get into it and figure it out and do like competitions on social media, and I was like. I made like a ceiling wax thing. I would send people letters of thank you and stickers and I was pretty involved. And then I realized just, um, I didn't know what I was doing. If I'd had more money at the time, I would have hired someone else to like 
kind of maybe figure it out. Or if I'd been scrappier, more hustly, I could have found an intern or figured something out, but it just always stressed me. And I kind of had enough coming from Apple. And I think I kind of learned if I like do cool things using their features and uh, let them know, like those features were so much huger than any press that I could get was. There were like some viral moments that happened. There was one from like Mashable story on Snapchat that just like was totally insane and led to, you know, like a hundred thousand downloads in a day type deal. Just ludicrous, something I had like no control or didn't see coming. So it was like, I realized I could like try to engineer for events like that or like pour a ton of money into like influencer stuff or ads, but without really knowing what I was doing, I think I sort of stayed away from those things. So it's been pretty much all organic stuff. Like I try to build in things into the app to make people like talk about it with each other or like want to share it. Um, but try to stick to kind of the organic route. I don't know. I mean, if Apple changes like their algorithms completely overnight, my entire thing could dry up. So <laughs> we'll see. Well, I'm just trying to get it to like as high as a point as I can before yeah. you know, I turn off the money faucet or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, it's funny. I've noticed over the years that um, like, you know, I've got a few apps. So I, I call it pizza money in my case, right? Like, you know, I end, at the end of the month, I can buy a pizza, but um uh, and, and I'm not really putting a lot of effort into it, to be honest with you. But yeah. The the but I've noticed that the the size of the pizza I can buy has gotten smaller over time. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> happens. Changes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I, I if I remember correctly, you do a lot of in-app purchases to sort of open up sets and stuff like that. And I think you also have a, like, yeah. a tip jar kind of deal, like buy me a burrito. How yeah. Is that yeah, exactly. is that is that where your income comes from in the app? Or yeah, I mean it's a hundred percent the in-app purchases yeah. just sort of weird when you like pay your rent and realize it comes from, you know, hundreds of people as dollar, $5 purchases. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's been crazy learning how all of that works. I launched the app like with, it's like 80% of the puzzles were free. I think mm-hmm. the last 20% you could buy, it was going to be $2 for launch week. I made it like 99 cents. And then you could unlock hints for 99 cents. I just wanted it to be like simple and not have ads and be really clean. Um, And then like, it took me forever learning, like people were very willing to pay $2. A lot of people didn't want to pay $2 once they got to the last 10 levels because they already got like 40 levels for free and they didn't find it was worth it. Uh, Like a lot of people just like never got that far in the game before they deleted it to begin with. Oh, really? So there's a lot of like learnings and failings from that. It really helped talking to other indie developers and stuff that would push me and be like, you gotta, you gotta lock, lock this down more, you know? And I think I get kind of, um, I don't know, like too nice about it sometimes and having to remember that like, if I can't be successful with this, then like more, the same people that are enjoying it, like can't get more puzzles. If I have to be like, considering taking on a full-time job and stopping black box, that's also like not worth it for people. So yeah. it was good to kind of learn that and like locked on more and increase the prices a bit. I've simplified it now. It's just like half the game is locked. Half the game's free. I think it's like five bucks to get the rest of it. And then I do packs of hints. And that was another thing early on. I just had the 99 cent hints. The app was like really not doing well after the first few months. And I was interviewing places now that I like finally had an app on the app store to show off. Right. <laughs> um, and I did like this one last ditch hurrah where I like, i saw all the other games were doing like the bundles, the treasure chests and stuff. I tried to do yeah. it a little more tastefully. So I was like, 
a one to twenty dollar purchase of hints, and then I added a second pack of challenges for like two bucks and launched that, and it was just like doubled revenue overnight, sort of thing. Just like, oh, okay, like I need to need to mess around with this more and just right. sort of listen to people. People asked to asked to donate money too. They asked if they could support it better. Um, I felt a little uncomfortable about that, and then eventually decided if I kind of made it like a physical representation, like the burrito and the coffee that you can buy for me in the game. If I gave people like a special secret app icon and stuff like that, it was more okay. And then eventually added the merch. Um, but most of the income comes from the like puzzle packs and heads. Yeah. So you haven't thought about Patreon or, cause I guess like the, uh, I know a couple of apps developers, they change their model um, away from purchases to, uh, um, subscription model, right? So I don't know if, you, if you, have you thought about that or is that, would that work with you or? Yeah, I think like the Patreon thing people have suggested and it's like, I do like to treat it as a business. I don't want to necessarily like be under scrutiny and expectation and stuff like that. So this is a little more comfortable for me. Same goes with the subscription. It's like, I think if I had a subscription, I would really need to make sure I was releasing a new puzzle every month and I would need to have a schedule and I would need to hire people. Yeah. And I probably could do that with the subscription, um, but I don't really want to. So I think the app was, I designed it with an app purchase in mind. That's right. the way to make it sustainable. So it's not really built around that. But oh, Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe so something else. I, I guess the question is like, how do you, how do you come up with new puzzles? I mean, like what, what can you possibly, what can there possibly be? There's, there's a million ideas left. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, not, not a million, like maybe 50. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a long list. It's honestly not the hard part of creating the game, which I think okay. is surprising to a lot of people. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking of ideas all the time when I'm running or biking or just, I don't know. They just pop up washing the dishes or whatever. Yeah, I just you kind of you you have this also like you understand the sort of attack space of the phone and the API so to speak and yeah might kind of wonder about something I think just being kind of curious you know like phone has that sensor but nobody uses it like that like would that work you know right right yeah like how how could that break in the future how could I how can you make that into a compelling puzzle uh, there's there's a lot of that yeah the ideas come from all over but there's no cool. No secret sauce uh, process to it, I don't think. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think it was pretty cool. Like, I love the iPad where it first came out. Like, there was an Alice in Wonderland app where they had, you know, Lewis Carroll's illustrations were uh, common, what do you call it? Uh, they were publicly available. You, you know, oh, yeah, they yeah, yeah. They weren't copyrighted, right? Common, what do you call it? Uh, Creative I, Commons. Creative Commons. Sort of that kind of thing, right? They were they were out there in the public domain. So yeah. they built this app, and, and what was cool about it, though, is they used the gyros, the accelerometer mm -hmm. to move objects around the screen. So, like, you know, yeah. when, you know, the pill bottle would, you know, the pills would fall all over the place. And that yeah. kind of mechanics was really kind of cool. And that, you know, that's... I think part of where some of the things in black box come from, right. You know, like, you know, I love being able to use my, I, you know, I use my iOS devices all the time, like to be able yeah. to use it like as a level or, you know, yeah. or a compass or those kind of things. Right. And I think those are the, the interesting things, but you're right. I guess a lot of us don't really realize all the things that our phones can do that, you know, someone like you who tinkers with them does. Right. So this is something that always frustrates me and is what drives black box is just there is so much available to make the context better for these apps and you don't even have to notice it you know whether it's like 
adjusting the temperature of the screen stuff Apple does with ambient light or kind of understanding where you are to adapt things. Like I want to see more apps thinking of those things and, and using sure. them. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising. I remember when we, when I got my first iPad, I was sitting in the backyard with a friend of mine, he had his first iPad and like in Canada, we didn't have the iPad on day one. We had to drive to the States to get them, but <laughs> we're sitting in the backyard. And it was sunny day. And all of a sudden our iPad shut down because it got too hot. I'm like, what is that all about? Right. And yeah. then um, the other day it was just like here on the farm, we had the, the whole family together and we were doing some, some family shots up yeah. on the deck. And uh, I was using the flash to the fill flash because it was a really bright day and I wanted to, you know, like photography trick yeah. and light people up as use fill flash. Right. And my phone said, I can't use the flash anymore until the phone cools down. It was like 30 yeah. degrees Celsius. Out yeah, yeah, outside, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like those kind of things, like, you know, you don't even know your phone does this. Right. Yeah. Um, no. You know, like there, there are things that you're, I mean, and all the sort of magical stuff that we take for granted, like, you know, when you, yeah. when you park your car, using car play and then yeah. you look at your phone, it knows where your car was. Cause you know, yeah, totally dropped a little uh, geolocation on it. Right. So there's another unsettling one with the temperature that uh, when your phone gets hot like that, it drops the maximum screen brightness. Yeah. And so you'll totally. be like, what, the, what's going on? You go in control center and try to bring it back up. And it won't yeah. go right until the device cools down. And then you see it kind of will do like a jump, uh, and come back right. up. But there's an API for the, the temperature. <laughs> nice to know. I made a, I have a little open source uh, app you can install for this because I was having issues where I was doing animation testing and the animations would look really janky. And I finally figured out it was because the phone, I had it on like a wireless charger and it was doing all this intense stuff and it would get too hot and then they would like downclock the CPU or GPU or whatever. Right, right. Uh, and you'd see stuttering. So just to be able to look at that and be like, Oh, it's in its like critical temperature state. Okay. Let's uh, <laughs> pop, pop it in the fridge for a minute. Yeah. That's, that's a hint for you people who want to play black box. I haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done that one cause I'm afraid of uh, inspiring yeah. wrath from above. Yeah. From Cupertino. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. So speaking of Cupertino <laughs> and Apple, so you, so you did win an Apple design award. Do, do you, what year was that you won? 2017. Yeah. 2017. And what was that like about like, how did that hit? Yeah. That was wild. Yeah, that it was really special. I, I, I don't know. It was just had always been a dream since whenever I'd heard about that and sort of followed. I don't think I like fully even realized what that meant until it happened because um, it just felt so foreign. And there was people early on when Black Box came out saying things on Twitter and stuff like, this is totally going to win an Apple Design Award and this should win a Design mm -hmm. Award. And I was like, wow, I don't think that's true <laughs> but right, that's yeah. very kind uh especially when you're just like too close to your own work and yeah so when that happened it was just very very unreal and also uh very nice to feel like i could finally kind of consider myself a designer <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean like the the companies that have won those awards you know have a whole team of people behind them it's very, very i think it, like, there are a few obviously yeah. awards that go to like yeah. developers but yeah it happens uh, yeah 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 really wild so. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Congratulations on that, because I know how Thanks. hard it is to, yeah. to win those and how how selective they are about who they choose, right? So it's yeah, it's 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 a real real honor. It's definitely changed my life for the better. I think just with people kind yeah. of it's kind of it's open doors. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, um, I, again, I'm still, I'm still dumbfounded that this is your first app. Many times it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. My, my first app I thought was, I was pretty proud of that one too. I worked, but that was developed with a team of people and, and yeah. it was early, early days and we were probably too early for the market, but yeah. That's kind of cool. No, I think yeah, it's it's so much it was so much easier by the time I got started. I mean, we had we had Arc for starters. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I sometimes I wonder because I, I really early on wanted to do the the Stanford course and stuff like that and get into yeah. it. Um, but I think I was kind of itching to do it for a long time. I'm just I don't know. Glad it turned out this way and worked. There's many places along the way that it could have gone wrong and never been like this so right yeah so when you got started with ios did you did you do like the itunes course or did you how did you get i took a class at cal poly actually um it was the first time they were offering it they're like one of the first universities to offer it and our professor john bellardo had gone to i think apple to learn about teaching it or something okay and yeah it was all it was objective c and with memory manual memory management and all that um i think it was just eye-opening that like it to realize that it wasn't that hard or foreign you know because i was mostly in school doing like java and c programs and then on the side i was doing like web design and web development type stuff and just for someone to be like look here's like the basic life cycle stuff the code is like not that different you know have at it and all right. the stress of publishing something to the app store the first time once you get over that it's just like, wow, I can just create stuff for the multi-tool that we all carry. It's pretty rad. Cool. Um, and, and thankfully the internet hasn't been uh, a challenge. We had, when James was on, we had a few seconds where like he would say something and I would just get like the first word. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, and that did edit those or have him repeat what he said, which is so far so good. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. So, so we have a section of the show I stole from, from Tammy and roundabout creative chaos where I ask some questions, just some random questions based on Marcel Proust's questions. Oh and so if you're happy for, if you're comfortable or whatever, I can throw some of these at you after okay. the phone stops ringing. <laughs> cool. So the first question, what is your motto? Oh man. <laughs> uh, you might've added some silence out of this. Yeah. Does, does black box have a, a model? I would just say, yeah. I mean, for, for black box, it's think outside the box. Personally, maybe it's more just like stay curious. Um, yeah. I think getting people to step back and sort of critically think about things is kind of one of the goals of black box. So I try to apply that to my own life. Well, I, I remember when, when a lot of times when I'm doing a, a art art for the show, I always do a theme piece, right? Mm. And I remember the very first time that, so this is like a confession to you. Um, the very first time, you're, the first screen you see when you install the app, if I remember, it's like a yeah. black screen with, with white text on it. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. I stole that and used that for our, our episode art for that cool. when I when I talked about Black Box. But, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think you only see that at the very, 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 very beginning, right? So it's only the very beginning, yeah. 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 The so definition of black box. And what is it? Uh how does it start? Yeah, one uh device with unknown internal functions, something, and then two, it's a game that redefines frustration. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, there's your mod right there. Game that yeah, redefines yeah. frustration. <laughs> um, so who are your heroes in real life? 
they're tough, man. <laughs> yeah. Have these prepared. I don't, I don't know specifically. I'd have to think about it more, but I think just anyone that kind of like sees around the status quo and like breaks us forward a bit farther, like taking the right steps back or by being properly rebellious and like a train of thought. Um, I can't think of a specific person. So the people who push the boundaries, you know, try things, you know, fly across the Atlantic in a plane for the first time, that kind of stuff. Uh, no, I think like more than being daring, more people that realize things don't have to be the way they've always been and are able to see the other ways things can be and kind of mm. take a step back and change. Those are like okay. big inflection points. I have to think on a specific person though. No one comes to mind. <laughs> okay. So here, here's maybe this one's a bit easier. Who are your favorite writers? Oh man. Um, I really love Michael Pollan read a lot of his work and I can't not mention uh don't know how to pronounce name but the three body problem author and having a lot of good conversations about his work good way to like see things from a different perspective I think Paulin also does that really well with um just like seeing plants in a totally novel light cool all right um what's your idea of perfect happiness man like personally or like generally you tell me um no wrong answer yeah i think personally it would just be like being able to explore whatever is interesting to me and just being able to like work on art or cooking or whatever and just be around you know my closest friends and be able to hang out just have an easy time the question, can you take a vacation if you're the sole developer of Black Box? I have to talk to the boss, and Who's the sometimes boss? it doesn't go well. But <laughs> it's kind of, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. No, I, I take I take some, some good vacation time. Yeah. Sure. Trying to take advantage of doing this thing while I can. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of being able to work remotely, too, like you mentioned earlier, right? Yeah. Um, okay. How about this? Who's your favorite hero of fiction? fictional hero it can be a movie comic book uh, novel science fiction i think i'm learning that i don't have a lot of like clear heroes <laughs> <laughs> all right um what's your favorite word Ooh, uh i really love didactic mm-hmm. good one why do you like didactic the meaning or the um, feels when you say it or i like the way I, yeah i like the way it sounds and i like that it itself is kind of memorable in that way. Yeah. I think there's some other ones like noetic, like too. I do have favorite words. I just don't have <laughs> people. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. A bunch of these questions are about people. So I'm going to skip over them. <laughs> uh, what's your most treasured possession? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, probably that 10 centimeter cube of aluminum that lights up when I touch it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's what, safely what stored I... in my, my parents' house. I haven't dared fly with it or mail it over here. Really? Cool. It's on loan to their uh trophy cabinet, my dad's surf trophies. <laughs> yeah, I wonder I wonder if the neutronium neutron star in the middle of it will uh implode if you've tried to fly with it. Yeah, triple A's. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a battery compartment? It's very user replaceable. <laughs> Oh, really? That's nice. Well, that's, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cool. They have a lightning port in the back for charging it. I've wanted um, to put a 10-pin dock connector in it for years, but 
<laughs> haven't gotten to that project. Right, right. Cool. Well, a friend of mine actually who works for for a fruit company uh, made some. <laughs> made he's a he's a woodworker, and so he made some out of wood, like really nice looking, like idiot like the chunk of awards. Yeah, and then and he, and he 3D <laughs> printed the little Apple logo that lights up. Oh and, no way! Yeah, I don't know what he's done with them all, but I'd love to get oh, my hands cool. on one. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, let's see. What else can I ask you? That's uh, where would you most like to live? Actively figuring that out. <laughs> Somewhere that seems to have some sanity to it and good right. infrastructure and mm-hmm. wild nature. Yeah, I think I like I something I like about here is it kind of feels like a town and a city in one. Mm-hmm. Has some of those small aspects and big aspects. I would love to be a little closer to like wild, untouched nature that you have in California. Yeah. Good food. We have lots of untouched nature here in Canada too. Do need to poke around Canada more. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like my brother-in-law is starting to mow the lawn again. So <laughs> okay. that's a good time to end this. So <laughs> can you tell our listeners and viewers where they would uh, be able to find you on the interwebs? Yeah. I think best place is probably uh, Twitter. And I'm there as uh warpling, like warping with an R. And uh, yeah, feel free to send me a message there. Cool. All right. And I normally ask people what they're working on next, but I have a feeling it's going to be working on black box next, right? <laughs> yeah. I have lots of other ideas and I'm trying to make the room for them, but right now it's a black box, black box, black box. So, so is it like a full day, like 40 hour a week kind of deal or? I'm trying to not do 40 hour weeks anymore. So development's yeah. gotten slow down because I used sure. to work on weekends and stuff, but it's a, it's a full-time thing. Yeah. Definitely don't have enough time. Oh, all right. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us and, uh, yeah. Thanks we'll for having see, me. You out, see you out in the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Hopefully at a conference near you soon. This has been another episode of the more than just code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the more than just code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC, and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, I can't awesome. believe it's been this long. I'll see you in a few years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, at one point I was hoping to get a T-shirt from you, but I got, like I said, I got the pin. The pins last longer than the T-shirts, right? Oh, yeah, true. You, yeah, you missed the the Cotton Bureau days. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But this is something I've wanted to do for a while uh, because, like, uh, you, you may have heard roundabout creative chaos. I was on with Tammy Coron.
yeah. we we interviewed a number of people, and, and so I'm sort of I'm sort of getting going through a bucket list of, of developers that I wanted to talk to because uh, we had a list of people we put forward, and Tammy would Tammy did all the scheduling, and she would reach out to people, and so there was probably about ten names, yours included. Uh, was yeah. on that list, and so I'm kind of going to James. James Dempsey was, or not James Dempsey. Um, James Thompson was one that that's on the yeah. list. Yeah, so I cool. uh, got him off there. So, and then there are a few more people. So I'll, I'll be approaching them. But yeah, and I also unofficially uh, black box is the puzzle of the more than just the official puzzle of the more than just code podcast, right? So I appreciate that. Yeah, we kind of we kind of uh, we felt we discovered. Anyway, I was just going to say I was curious because I was looking at our communication and i felt like we did the creative chaos interview recently but it was like the very beginning (laughs) did we talk about creative chaos yeah i think so (laughs) 2016 i think oh okay okay right cool yeah it's a catch-up then terribly Um, confused about it though (laughs) i mean yeah it feels like it wasn't that long ago yeah it's time yeah got your got your hands in many pots for sure. Yeah, I got a full-time job. I'm on vacation this week, which is why I'm out here in New Brunswick. So I don't understand how you do all the different things. I, I try taking on a side thing, and I everything falls apart. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, th- I think I've been... I think it comes from... from because I started as an artist, I, I um, always try... had different things going on. Like, you know, I would have, like, a sculpture class and have a painting class, and so... Teaching? Um, or no do, actually doing the doing the course, oh, oh cool right? yeah so yeah and then you know when i was when i was working for myself it was like uh managed services but i was also teaching ios and doing ios and, yeah so it was just it was just i've always been able to just sort of go off and explore things on my own i mean like you know i have fun like i have a 3d printer at home and cool you know, so i, I haven't started that. that hobby yeah <laughs> yeah so so I do a number of things, but I think I think probably because I was a multidisciplinary artist from the get-go, mm, sort mm. of not unusual for me to want to try and do different things. Cool. So I think I think I would I, I would suck if I had to do the same job every day for thirty years, right? So yeah, yeah, different brain, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. For sure. Find a different way to keep it interesting. Cool. cool. Thanks, man. I'm gonna make some dinner. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Yeah. I was Good chatting. It's, yeah. It's late there. Okay. Oh no worries. See you online. Bye. Yeah, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.